How's it going, everybody, and welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button and comment what you want us to talk about next week, as you're going to see throughout this video. We took your guys' suggestions, and we're going to be talking about it this week. Let's get into it. So do you know what song would save you from Vecna? That's a good question, man. So with Stranger Things, everyone's wondering, right, like, what's their song that would get them out of, like, the trance of Vecna? Right. And as we saw for Max, right, it was running up the hill. Oh, yeah. And for everyone that at home and for you, right, if you don't know, on Spotify, when you search the word upside down, uh -huh. Spotify generates based on all of the music you've listened to throughout your whole entire Spotify account, what song would save you from Vecna? Are you serious? So and like your number one most listened to song. Yeah, it will show you the number one. It will also show you like number one through five or something like that. But it will show you your number one. Oh my god! So I thought it'd be funny to see, like, right now what we gotta speed. do that. Mine is "Trouble" by Imagine Dragons. "Hotel" by Claire Rosencrantz. Oh, TikToker. TikToker. All right. Well, for everyone at home, make sure you <laughs> you figure out what's gonna save you from Vecna. Do you know what is considered the most unattractive names in the United States? See, this is the list we're gonna be on. So just like the most attractive names, scientists actually have found that our names can sometimes alter the way people view us. And they have just found the most unattractive names. I guess your name is a big factor when you greet someone. Yeah, and just like how they found like the most attractive names, how they used the dating app, The Grade, and they had people go through and swipe through different people and they found like which names are the most attractive. But to find the most unattractive names, they used the Baby Name Wizard website, which helped them find which names were the most unattractive to people. I'm kind of scared to hear them. So for the most unattractive names for males, in fifth place is Howard, in fourth place is Dick. Third place is Norman. Second place is Ernest. And in first place, we have Bob. Poor Bob, man. Yeah, Bob's always getting screwed over, huh? And in the top five most unattractive names for women, fifth place is Mildred. Fourth place is Ethel. Third place is Agnes. And in second place is Bertha. And in first place for the most unattractive female name is Gertrude. Okay, it's all based on averages. So it doesn't mean that everybody who has this name is unattractive. Right. I mean, it's just based on the name itself. Okay, do you know the theory about Susie in Stranger Things? I really wish they would put Susie in the show more. Like, we hardly ever see her. Yeah, but there was a video by Movie Vibes that actually said all the kids in Susie's house foreshadow what's going to happen in the final episode. How? So when the California group visits Susie's house, we see two kids fighting on top of a table with swords. And we know in the final episode, Hopper beats the Demogorgon with just a sword. And we also see two of Susie's siblings like acting out a movie scene. And one of them is on the ground like choking and screaming, I got bit by something. And it exactly foreshadows Eddie's death because we know the demo bats were choking Eddie and biting him to death. I still can't believe how much like foreshadowing there is throughout the show. Yeah, and there's also a scene where the youngest child Cornelius keeps like turning on and off the lights and we know in the final episode Lucas and Erica would communicate with each other by flickering their flashlight and they also use their lights to find Vecna in the house and we know the kids made like an insane plan to try to distract Susie's dad so they could use her computer so what they did was they lit the stove on fire and we know in the final episode Eddie distracts all the demo bats so Nancy, Robin, and Steve could go light Vecna on fire. Okay, to be honest with you, when I first saw this scene, I thought these kids were just all out of control, but I guess there's a bigger purpose to them being in the show now. It's pretty crazy, though. It makes it way less random, because when you yeah. first see it, I'm like, what the heck are we watching? What is this supposed to be, like, cheaper by the dozen, yeah. like, on, like, steroids or something? <laughs> okay, but moving on, there's a super dark Encanto theory. I think I could speak for a lot of people that we all love Encanto. Yeah, but I saw a Reddit post, and there's actually a theory. The reason why Mirabelle doesn't have powers is because she was born for the wrong reasons. What do you mean by wrong reasons? So we see that Abuela loves all the children that have powers, but she kind of neglects Mirabelle for not having a gift. Yeah, you can tell in the beginning of the movie, Abuela totally doesn't like Mirabelle. Right, and we know that Abuela would over 
overwork Luisa and always make the kids strive to be perfect. And we also see how happy she gets when Mariano said that he wants five kids with Isabella because she knows it's more gifts for the family. Right. But the theory is the reason why Mirabel doesn't have any powers is because Abuela forced her parents to have another child even though they didn't want to. So Abuela forced her parents to have Mirabel to add another gift to the family. And this would make total sense because we see how pushy she is with Isabella and Mariano. Gosh, this is really dark. Yeah, so the house decided not to give Mirabella power to make Abuela realize that it's not about the gifts and it's about having the complete happy family. And at the end, Abuela even admits that she lost sight of the entire family. It is kind of disturbing, but it makes the story more interesting. <laughs> It kind of goes with Abuela's, like, motives, though, throughout the movie, you know? Yeah, I guess you do see her really push. It's like a kid, you know, a parent trying to get their kid to go to college. Like, I want you to go to college. I want you to go to college, right? Right. But it's kind of like, I want you to have a kid so I can have more gifts. More gifts. More gifts. Yeah. Right? So it's, I, you kind of see that throughout the movie. And they say, like, Antonio, right? He was, like, the most recent born child. But he was actually a planned, like, they wanted to have him. So that's why oh, he has powers. Interesting. And Mirabel doesn't. All right. This next part of the podcast is where we're going to have Daniel's friend, Patrick who actually has a really interesting history. He's from Brazil. He worked at In-N-Out. He knows all like, the dark secrets about In-N-Out. Yeah. He also is a fighter, boxer, and he's had a lot of street fights. A lot of street fights. And he's won a lot of them. So here comes Patrick. <laughs> so what is the weirdest thing you've seen while working at In-N-Out? One day, I was just, you know, working to register. This person is all mad and angry about their burger. And then they're like, I want to talk to your manager. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, okay, like... I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go get the manager. And then I'm looking. I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so, where are you? Like, I don't know where you, he is. Yeah. You know? And then I'm like asking my coworkers, like, hey, have you seen this person? And uh turns out, you know, they were doing some things in the locker room. So how do you, what do you, when you say doing things, like you walked in in the locker room? I didn't know In-N-Out has a locker room. Yeah, no, they have locker rooms. Yeah. And, uh. Apparently, they forgot to lock the door. I'm not going to say anything, but they forgot to lock the door, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, I was going in there. I, you know, saw some things, but I didn't really, you know, <laughs> didn't really do anything. You know, just saw some shirts. That's it. Just walked out. You got in and out. Yeah, I went in and out real quick. Just like him. He was going in and out pretty fast. <laughs> so, I'm assuming the customer never got to talk to your manager that day. Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't, wait, yeah, he did, he did. Oh, he came out? Yeah, he came out, he came he out. He finished the job, and he's like, hey, I gotta go do my other job. Hey, I gotta, yeah, I gotta go <laughs> back in and out. I'm like, he was like, I gotta go to in and out again. I'm like, wait, you were in in and out. Like, what are you talking about? Like, so I'm assuming, what happened? Did he get fired or something? Uh, They were sent to different stores. They That's the crazy thing. They didn't even get fired. How are you, how are you gonna do, be doing things in a locker room and not get fired, you know So they just I mean? got... Like, they just got moved to another spot. Yeah, they just both got, you know, crazy thing is, I think the guy had, like, a family and, and kids and everything. Dang, don't, don't bring in the kids. Bro, don't do it to the kids. Bro, it's crazy. <laughs> so what's a crazy hack to get free food at In-N-Out? You want free food. If you really want free food from yeah. In-N-Out, right, what you got to do is understand the yes culture. Okay. So what one is the thing, yes culture? Yeah, one thing we learn when we get hired at In-N-Out is all about the yes culture where it's, no matter what the customer says, they're always right and you always say yes. Okay. One time, this person, they came in with like one bite left of their burger. So they ate the whole thing and left one they little piece. left one little piece, right? Yeah. And they come to me. They're like, hey, man, this burger was raw. Look how raw it was, you know? It's, it's like hardly anything left. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. I was like, do you want us to recook it or anything? And then they're like, yeah, 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 sure. So then I have to go to my manager and I'm like, hey, uh, he said that their burger was raw 
and they want us to recook it. And of course, what is the manager going to say? No, like you can't say no. You got to say yes. Because of the yes, yes culture. culture. Yeah. Yeah. So then what we did is we ended up cooking another burger for him and it was free. Interesting. So say if I went there, I eat like majority of the burger and I say like, hey, this was cold. I want yeah. a new one. Yeah. Even though I ate like all of it, you guys have to be like, yes, culture. Okay, I'll get you a new one. From my experience, yes. Uh, go up to them and be like, hey, I just noticed that this patty was a little raw. I was wondering if I could get another, you know, another one. Then they're going to most likely say yes. We have to. It's, we can't say no. And that applies to fries too? Oh, yeah. Fries, everything. Like if, you, if they want something like, oh, uh, let me get another milkshake because, you know, there's a mosquito or a fly in mine. Now I'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. And then, oh, interesting. As long as you know they. Or was it they drink the milkshake and they're like, oh, it wasn't cold enough? Then you gotta get them a new one. You gotta say. Dang, yeah. that is some good facts. It's, that yeah, is, that's gonna like, help some see, people out like, there. Like some people don't know about the yes culture, and now yeah. you do. Now you do. Oh, very good. Well, Patrick, thank you for being here. <laughs> no Great problem. stories. Yes, sir. Also, Patrick's gonna be starting his channel whenever he will be. <laughs> And if you guys wanted to come back, tell more stories about him beating up people, make sure you let us know. And when he creates a channel, we'll let you guys know so you guys can check him out. But uh, yeah, thank you, Patrick. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so moving on, have you heard of the dark mattress store theory? Oh, like how it's all a scam? Kind of, but it's actually a lot darker than that. And there's a lot of bizarre things that go on within a mattress store. What do they do? Okay. Well, be honest with me. Whenever I drive by a mattress store, one, I don't see any customers in the store. And two, the parking lot never has any cars in it. Maybe it has only one because that's the one worker that's inside the store. It's weird that you say that because I feel like the mattress stores around our house, like there's never any customers. So I don't know how they stay in business. Exactly. I mean, how often are we buying mattresses? I mean, I've had my mattress for like forever. The average American doesn't buy a mattress until every 10 years. So it doesn't make sense why we have so many mattress stores around us. And there's a theory that all these mattress stores are actually a cover up for money laundering for like gangs in the mob. I do not disagree. Right? I mean, think about this. When you look at a map, and you see all the mattress stores, there'll be like a bunch of mattress stores all lined up together within a mile. And in some cases, there's four mattress stores at an intersection. I mean, there's even probably more mattress stores than Starbucks locations. And think about this, Starbucks, coffee is drinking every day. A mattress is only bought every 10 years. So how does it make sense that there's more mattress stores? And it's said on the websites for mattress stores that on average, there's three workers at every location. How does that make sense that there's three workers in the store when there's only one car in the parking lot at most? Dude, it is really weird. And when you look at mattress stores like on Yelp and like reviews online, they all have five stars. I mean, almost every single one will have a five-star rating. How is that even possible to have a perfect score? There's no business that all has perfect scores. They are definitely doing something illegal. It is weird too, that they're so close together. The fact that you need a mattress every 10 years and there's four stores at one intersection. How does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you got to figure the that's the population, right? The population only needs one every 10 years. Right. Why do we have so many? We have more mattress stores than probably Starbucks in the whole world. Yeah. I feel like it's easier for me to find a mattress store than a Starbucks around us. Yeah. You go down the street, there's one, and then there's another one. Like, there's literally like four down our street. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Did you know they might have just found life on Mars? Okay, I know this has been like a long-going debate if there's life on Mars. Yeah, for years this has been a question. Like, is there life on Mars? And scientists have said that there's no way that we're the only living beings on Earth. Like, there's definitely more out there. And recently, the Mars... Mars rover actually caught a photo on Mars that may just confirm that there is life on Mars. And before you say it's fake, just hear me out. There's evidence behind this. Okay. So the photos from the Mars rover, 
it actually shows like a tunnel or a cave. And keep in mind, this is on Mars. And they're saying that it's it's almost like a door. And this door does not look like it's made from like natural causes. It's definitely man-made. And whatever it is, it's definitely housing something behind the door. And what's really freaky is that scientists around the world are saying that they've never seen anything like this on Mars. So they found a door? Yeah, so it looks like a door that goes underground. And it makes sense that whatever's living on Mars needs to be underground in order to live. Because the ozone layer around Mars is really weak, and the UV radiation that comes from the sun would be deadly if someone was living on top of Mars. So they have to be underground. And it makes sense, right? This is what would force them to live underground and behind the door to protect themselves from the UV radiation. It is really creepy to think that there's other life out there. I mean, come on, there's definitely something. I mean, there's gotta be. But the fact that there's like a species that could like overtake us I know. out there. We don't know, right? right it's we the don't. fear of the unknown. Whatever that is, there's something there underneath that tunnel. Why? Why all of a sudden... All these years of observing Mars, do we notice it now? Like, it just happened recently. Right. Can you imagine if it was, like, an accident that the rover went over that and they showed that? They just knew it was there. Oh, they're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, now we got to make a statement about it. Because why not go in there with the rover? Yeah. Exactly. Why don't they get the rover going over there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know the Shrek theory? No. Okay, so we know that Fiona was locked in the castle for a really long time, and there's nobody else there to take care of her and protect her, except for the dragon. So that means the dragon probably protects her and feeds Fiona too. And there's a theory on Reddit that Fiona is actually a cannibal. What, like she eats humans? Okay, so if you look at when Shrek and Fiona are running through the castle, they run by a big cooking pot and a big cookbook. Like, it's giant. And the cookbook is stuck on a page that says nightly treats. And it shows the proper way to cook a knight. Because we know a lot of knights have come to try to save Fiona from the castle, but failed. That is really disgusting because we know that like there's a lot of knights that have tried to save Fiona. Yeah, and the dragon probably knows that Fiona could turn into an ogre and that's why it feeds her cooked humans. And it makes sense because Shrek actually describes how to cook a human in the beginning of the movie. Like he says, they put him in a big pot just like the dragon does. And the dragon is really smart because like we see it has the emotional capacity to be with Donkey. It raises some kids. I mean, and we know the dragon could read, so it makes sense why it's so smart. But in the castle, we do see like knights, like bones, and some of them, the body is incomplete. Wow, all these years of watching Shrek, I've never even caught that. So do you know how to get into the FBI? There's actually like one riddle that if you can solve it, you're very like a high candidate that you probably could get hired as like a secret agent. What's the riddle? So basically a man and his girlfriend are on a date, right? And it's a really hot day. And they're like so thirsty. So they look around, they're looking for the nearest restaurant. They run into the restaurant, they get a waiter. They're like, hey, we need four glasses of ice water really quick because we're so thirsty. The guy grabs three of them, chugs it really fast. And the girl gets a straw and sips it really slow. Okay. A couple hours later, the girl realizes that she's starting to feel sick. So they go to the doctor. She ends up dying because she was poisoned. But the guy had no sign of poison and was not sick. And he lived. Why did the girl die? Wait, what the heck? They drink the same water? Yeah. The guy and the girl both had glasses of ice cold water. But he drank it faster and she drank it slow and died. Why did she die? I don't get it. So everyone pause the video and see if you could solve this for yourself before like everyone says it in the comments. So basically the man and the woman both drink the same glass of cold ice water. Just the man drank it faster and the woman drank it slower, right? And it was a hot day. They both had the poison technically, but the ice held the poison. So since the ice melted because the girl drank it slower, it melted right into her drink. Whereas the guy, it didn't give it enough time for the ice to melt so he just chugged it really fast before oh. it could melt so that's why she died because the poison was in the ice and once it melted it went into the drink well there you have it i guess i'm not meant to be a secret agent i remember hearing it for the first time and i was like what the heck Gosh. they both drink the same thing and one dies i would have never got that see when i think of riddles i always think i have to 
think super hard like i have to really go into detail go into debt right but yeah. it's something so simple but it makes sense that the most intelligent people could think simply that's a good way to think about it i didn't right? realize that do you know about the man who found a way to win the lottery every single time okay it's impossible to win the lottery every single time well there's a real life story about a guy named jerry and his wife marge who actually found a way to win the lottery every single time okay who is this guy so this guy named jerry lived in michigan and every morning he'd wake up and he works at a factory for cornflakes the cereal but the one thing that jerry had which is really interesting is that he had this talent that he was really good at math and he was really good at number patterns and he could study things and understand things really well and one day when jerry went to work his boss and all his employees thought he was getting too old for the job so basically they forced him to retire and if he didn't retire they were going to fire him that's kind of messed up yeah and jerry got really depressed because he had nothing to do and he wanted to be a part of something still and still work and after some time of being retired and doing nothing he met with his accountant and basically his accountant said like hey your retirement fund like your account is doing really bad you don't have much money so later that day jerry went to the gas station and overheard like the worker talking to a customer about this thing called the roll down in in the lottery what's a roll down so a roll down is when the lottery is at a two million dollar prize and basically nobody got all six numbers correct so it rolls down the winnings to the person that got three or four numbers correct so basically the lottery in order to win that week all you have to do is get three or four numbers right. You have way better chances to win then. Exactly. So Jerry immediately got the lottery rules and he starts writing down a formula to create a loophole. And this ends up becoming the biggest loophole in lottery history. So you see, Jerry found whenever it's a roll down week, in order to win, all you have to do is buy a lot of tickets because the more tickets you buy, it guarantees you a better chance at winning. I mean, I guess that makes sense. So that day, Jerry goes to the bank and gets $8,000 out. And then he heads straight to the gas station, buys $8,000 worth of lottery tickets. And that night, he looks at all his tickets and he sees all the winning numbers and he actually wins $15,000. And he decides to get the $15,000 and he hides the money from his wife. Why would he hide it? I think he was scared that he was going to fail and he didn't want his wife to know that he was using their retirement money for like gambling but it turns out that his wife marge was so excited that they could do something together and that's like fun and gave them a purpose again so the next day jerry and marge go to the gas station together and this time they buy sixteen thousand dollars worth of tickets and that night when they're staying in their hotel room they look at all the numbers and they realize they just won twenty one thousand dollars this time oh so the more they bought the more they won yeah exactly so what they do is they get the whole town involved and everyone puts their money together and they basically go in and buy a large chunks of lottery tickets because Jerry wanted everyone to be able to win together and he felt like it gave everyone a chance. So this time when they went to the gas station, they bought $40,000 worth of tickets and that night they ended up winning $80,000. But this is when it starts to get a little weird. A newspaper company looked at all the public records of all the lottery winners and they found that every three weeks that Jerry wins and they thought it was really suspicious. Wait, I totally forgot that the lottery winners are announced to the public. Yeah, and this wasn't the biggest problem that Jerry and Marge had. There was actually a huge problem that was going on. There's kids at Harvard College at the time that started to find the loophole too that literally changed the course of everything so what happened so after the harvard students actually found this loophole to win the lottery every single time so they realized to hack into the lottery database and they found that jerry like where he's located and that's the store that always keeps winning and they were upset about it what did they do so later that night when jerry and marge were, like celebrating their anniversary this kid named tyler and eric come to the gas station and basically threaten them and say like hey you guys should stop selling lottery tickets and join our group instead. And Jerry told the kid named Tyler, like, I don't want to work with you. We're good on our own. And that really upset Tyler. And basically, he started, like, giving Jerry a hard time. And Jerry told him, look, you don't even know how to really do the lottery loophole correctly. He's like, I already saw what you guys are doing, and you're not even doing it right. So this made Tyler really angry and just stormed out of the store. And Tyler's the kid from Harvard. Yeah, and at this point, all the lottery workers knew that Jerry kept winning. But they didn't even care. They just said like, oh, it's it's obvious. He's just getting lucky. What? Yeah, they didn't care at all. But later that day, Tyler ended up going up to Jerry again. And this time he threatened Jerry and said like, if you don't stop, we're going to hack all your personal data, 
your identity, and we're just going to ruin your life. Dude, just leave Jerry alone. Let him live his life. So Jerry got really scared, and he just said, you know what? You're right. So he tells everybody in the town, hey, guys, I feel like we got to quit this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I feel like it's unsafe, so let's just disband. So Jerry's wife convinces him, don't quit, right? So Jerry's like, okay, let's not quit. This time, we're going to even buy more tickets. But Jerry had this realization, and he went down to Harvard, and he talked to Tyler and all his friends, and he said, look, you do realize that Tyler is stealing money from all you guys and he's just scamming you and he's actually stealing all the profits, really. So all the students felt really betrayed by Tyler and basically they said, screw Tyler. Dude, Jerry's a savage. Yeah. So Jerry and his wife ended up going to the lottery headquarters and talked to all the executives of the lottery and said like, hey, I feel like this loophole is kind of unfair to the average person and we just want it to be more fair for everyone. So they basically snitched on themselves. Yeah. And the lottery executives didn't even care. They even told Jerry, you doing this like loophole actually makes the profits go higher because people hear that you're winning a lot and they want to go try to like win money too. So basically Jerry and the rest of the town did one last lottery. They won huge. And then Tyler ends up getting kicked out of Harvard. Everyone lives happily ever after. And that's the story. Dude, good for Jerry and his wife, man. Okay, the fact that they found out how to cheat the lottery. The lottery. People... It changes people's lives. I know. And I think they ended up making like $27 million when it was all said and done. $27 million? Yeah, they made $27 million. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious. And the lottery didn't even care. No, because you got to figure, you know how many people play the lottery? Oh, no, yeah. There are like billions of dollars being paid through the lottery, right? Right. So for them to pay out $27 million is nothing. They're like, oh, sure. It drives traffic. People are like reading about Jerry winning. They're like, oh, I want to play the lottery because if Jerry wins every three weeks, I should win too. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching this week's podcast or listening to this podcast if you're on Spotify. We'll see you guys next week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok. Also, go check out our video on TikTok with the Russo brothers. It was a really cool experience and we're so proud of it. Yes. It was such a fun time. We're, like, we're so thankful. So make sure you go check it out and we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok. See you on the TikTok. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.